Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of History Creeps. And, of course, with you, as always, are your two favorite historical creeps. I don't know if I want to describe us as that, but I'm going to stick with it. We're a couple of creeps, and my name's Johnny Townsend, and with me, as always... This is Chris Chavez. And we know that everybody's been chomping at the bit, Chris, because they went a, almost a whole month with just one episode It was insane. Of our show. I looked back, I was like, hold on a second. There's only one episode in November. Well, see, I was hoping that since it was the time of the turkey, as they say, that maybe everybody was just drunk on Thanksgiving dinner and they just, it, it didn't pop into their heads. But, you know, the complaints that I got, <laughs> were, there was none. There weren't any complaints. But still. <laughs> I, I claim candy coma from Halloween. Oh, yeah. There you go. Uh, that or maybe... I had to get over all the grizzly axe murderers we went through. It was well. Like, here's the here's the truth though, and this is what our listeners don't know. This is behind the scenes. I went missing for twenty days. Like I was over at Chris's house, and then I said, "Hey, Chris, I want to go get this," and I don't remember what the thing was. And then the next thing we knew, I was gone, and I don't remember anything. You disappeared until they found me later in his basement in his underwear. <laughs> Which is really weird because I couldn't really even fit into them, but I tried. <laughs> and the other weird thing is I don't have a basement. I know. I had to make it myself. <laughs> you would have thought he would have heard all the construction noise, but alas, he did not. <laughs> yes. So um, we're back, though. We're going to get back on schedule. You know what I noticed, though? we Because our normal shows were every two weeks, after Halloween, we put a show in two weeks later, um, and that fell in the middle of the month. And I think what we're going to really try to do is hit the beginning and middle of the month from now on. We're going to do what we want. This is our show. (laughs) (laughs) This is free content. We're not charging you a dang dime. So next episode, look for us in March. Yeah. Or whenever I feel like it. (laughs) That's awesome. But we are back. Speaking of me disappearing, though, Chris. Yeah, we are back. I was about to say we're back with our next episode. This is the sixth episode, and we are going to focus on disappearances, mass disappearances, if you will. Yeah, not just one person disappearing. Groups of people just gone, vanished, kaput, nowhere to be seen. Other adjectives. (laughs) I um, I was trying to come up with a funny joke about like who what famous person has a, a a mass group of fans that now has disappeared but no one came to mind mel gibson people still fan of mel gibson i don't know i think i There's think people are but they're afraid to admit it but uh yeah mass disappearances like you said people have disappeared you've had um even families did you ever hear about that family in california that uh went missing and they were gone for like years, and they were just found like in a shallow grave in the desert. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, so that's happened. Uh, families have gone missing. Single people have gone missing. Uh, people have gone missing on purpose. Uh, been missing on due to accidents. But today we're focusing on the strange occurrences, the odd, uh, weird, creepy parts of our history uh, in which mass like mass groups of people have disappeared. Yeah. It's not just one person. It's not just two people. It's not just three people. It's not just four people. You get it. Yeah. We get, we definitely get it. Um, let's talk about huge towns. 
Could you imagine a huge town disappearing? Do you remember? You remember um, David Copperfield? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, did were you were? I don't know. How, I mean, we were we were both kids when this happened, but I don't know if you remember or have heard of how he made uh, the Statue of Liberty disappear. I remember the trick. I don't remember how the trick worked. And yeah, or there was one of them was an elephant, a huge elephant he made disappear or like a Boeing. Yeah, it was just in the room the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he did it right. Like he says he made these things disappear, but a whole town. Uh, so today we're going to focus on a couple of those things. All right, let me I'm going to this is a side thing and I'm sorry. Yeah, no uh, worries. You brought up magic. I have to ask this. All right. We both know that magic is more of a how you're tricking people or. How are you getting them to look one way while you're doing something else, right? Sleight of hand, yeah. Misdirection. Yes. Yeah, see, I know that and you know that. Mm-hmm. However, I don't want to know how they do it. I love just watching it and just being in the moment of it. Even though I know I'm being played, I just get a blast out of it. I'm with you. Yeah, I hate that. What's the name of that guy, the magician's guy that, that tells everyone secrets? Everyone hates I, the guy. Yeah, see, I hated him too. Like, I mean, It's the same with, you know, this is going to be a really, it's like pro wrestling. I know I love pro wrestling. I know not everybody does, and that's not even for this show. But, but you know, everybody knows that it's all set up, and then whatever happens, they already know what's going to happen. It's predetermined, right? But I don't watch it because I'm, I want to be surprised. I watched it because I just it's it's a drama thing, pretty much, right? So it's just for entertainment, which is how I feel about magic. Exactly, um, Magic Johnson. That's it. There's no magic. Uh, there's no magic going on when you hear of these disappearances, or is there? Oh, see, that's the thing about not, our though. show. Exactly. Our show is going to try to cover these things. And um, a lot of the things we touch on have questions as to like, who did it? How did it happen? Was it real? Was it not? Um, so let's go. Let's start on our first one. Um, I wanted to talk about I was going to bring to the table today the story of the Anjakuni Lake uh, village. Have you ever heard of this, Johnny? No, but I have seen Anjakuni's uh, 2, The Legend Continues. It's a great film. It's not as good as the first, though. The first one was full of intrigue, mystery, um, some say paranormal activity, oh, or otherworldly activity. Um, yeah, the Anjakuni village was uh, basically was a small fishing village um, in Canada, uh, in hey. far northern Canada, northern territories of Canada. And uh, it was a an Inuit village. The story is is that this village had been there. It was based probably a village full of thirty to forty people, a small community of people. And it was one of these villages that was between, um, like the fur trappers that would go up there uh, during their seasons to hunt, uh, fishermen that would go through and and to try to pull in you know fish for oh. the season. <laughs> you mean? You're, that was two different sentences. The way you said it at first, I thought you meant people went up to hunt fishermen. <laughs> <laughs> the most no. dangerous game. Yeah, no, no, no. The uh, <laughs> the fishermen that went through, the hunters that went through, they would uh, they oftentimes pass through this village, uh, you know, going from one spot to another. And this village was very welcoming to to these travelers. They would take them in, give them places to stay o- overnight. Uh, feed them um, and help them on their way. So in 1930, there about November of 1930, uh, one night there was a Canadian fur trapper that was going through. The guy's name was Joe LaBelle. And um, he's out there trapping and he's got his furs and he's got to try to figure out how to bunker down for the night because it's getting cold uh, and it's getting dark. 
And he knows this little village is, you know, just a few miles away from where he is. So he decides he's going to go there for the night and he knows they're welcoming. It's a, it's a well-known route for these, like I said, for these hunters and fishermen. Um, so he gets there and it's empty. The village is completely empty. There's no dogs coming out to greet him. There's, uh, there's no fires. He says, he actually says he, he, one of the things he notices is there's no smoke coming from their teepees. And he saw, thought it was very strange because normally somebody, somebody would be out doing something uh, as the night was, was falling. You know, the fires would be going, they'd be preparing dinners, uh, but not a thing. It was dead silent. And at first he was a little um, apprehensive, but then he decided he was going to check out one of, one of the teepees. So he goes in and as he, he looks inside, he notices there's like bowls of food that are still like half eaten. And there was like... Now- was were there three bowls and if so was one too hot was the other one too cold but <laughs> thankfully for him was one just right the third was just right he noticed those he, he noticed the bowls he noticed the um he noticed there was also like uh how do i want to say it's like um there was a it looked like somebody had been in the process of mending clothes like there was needles with with threads sticking through the clothes and then just kind of discarded off to the side. Um, and some of the other teepees, he noticed the same thing. Um, he did notice also that almost all the rifles were there. Like all these teepees had their rifles uh, in in their t- you know up up, up uh, propped up against the doors, the the entrances. I don't think teepees have doors. Um, and he just was he was kind of like perplexed because. He knew, like, back in those days, the Eskimo didn't go anywhere at night, you know, basically vacating their town without their guns, without their supplies, and everything was left there. He found uh, one of the storage teepees was full of food. None of the food was taken. None of the things that they basically needed to survive was taken. Uh, The dogs were gone. The people were gone. And here's the weird thing. There were where basically they buried their dead, their graveyard area. A lot of those graves had been dug up and were empty. Huh. And that was it. Like, he it freaked him out. He was going to stay. He didn't decide he wasn't going to stay the night. He pushed it on for a few more a few more miles, and they ended up getting to, like, this telegraph station. And when he got there, he had them call, you know, the, the Royal Mounted Canadian, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, or what is it, RMC, RMC or RCMP? RCMP. Uh to come out and 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 investigate. Hey, well, yeah, I'm going to go out there and see what that's all about. Exactly, about. Uh, and they did. They jumped on their their horses and they they headed out. Uh, and this is where there starts to get all these crazy stories because there's a story that says that on their way they stopped at. Um, I'm actually, you know what? I'm going to pull it up here and actually read read it what it says on this site that I was I was reading some info on. There's a site called the Mysterious Universe that had uh, a little bit of this story because they actually found um, newspaper clippings from when this guy back in the 30s when this guy reported it. There was a newspaper called the um, the B uh-huh. that printed this story. And so it was on there, and they so they they cite a lot of that stuff on here. But one of the things they say was the the Mounties, uh, on their way out to this thing, stopped at this like little shanty uh, that was shared by trappers so that they could rest because it was it was quite a long trek for their horses, and in that weather they needed to take a break. 
And while they were there, they were telling these people who who lived in this little house that they were out here to go and investigate a, a problem at the Anjakuni village. Had they seen anything weird or anything, you know, strange in the past few days? Had they seen any of the Eskimos migrating or leaving? Uh, and these people said that the only thing that they saw that was unusual was a few nights before they had seen weird lights in the skies and these weird objects floating around and moving around in the skies and this weird like uh, patterns and directions. And one of the guys says that he saw this thing actually change shapes right before his very eyes. Hmm. Yeah, this that's what I'm saying. It gets really crazy. So the the Mounties get out there and they find um, they found a couple of dead dogs. They found that the you know the graves had been robbed or or emptied, um, and they found the place empty. They found uh, like off to the side there was a, a fire that had burned out, but it, sitting above it was a pot. So they somebody had been cooking, and the food inside had burnt because it had just been sitting on the fire until the fire burned out. No one knew what happened. And here's the weird thing. So there, there was this whole investigation done about it. It was written up in the newspaper. And then like the, the main press picked it up. And it, 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 was, it was repeated throughout the, the country in that time. So newspapers all across the country got this story. And people read about it. And then that was it. It kind of disappeared. And then uh, I forgot what the year was. But there was this guy who wrote a book called oh, 1959. A guy named Frank Edwards wrote a book called Stranger Than Science, where he would he what he did is he found all these like weird stories and things throughout history at that time. And he told put them out there as, as this collected work of, of uh, stories, Stranger Than Science. And one of them was this bizarre event that had happened in Alaska. Um, in the story, he he basically retells what the newspaper said, what the the, the trapper the um what was his name LaSalle LaBelle. 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 Uh, LaBelle basically what he said had happened RCMP put out a thing saying it never happened they, huh. yeah they completely just accused the guy of lying that it never happened that there's nothing that had ever happened even though there are articles about it that okay I w- this is what I know like I don't know near as much about this one as you do but here's what I do remember because uh, what you just said reminded me that this is the same one. Uh, they did come out and say that they, you know, there's no proof of this. The who was it? The M what? The, the Mounties, our, pretty much. Yeah, the Mounties. They said that there's. They said it was impossible for a village to of that many people to be out there. A thirty, a thirty to forty person village to to thrive out there at that time. Right, right. But you know, you don't. <laughs> Like, I would assume that all the governments, that the Canadians would be the most polite. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, what if it, here's the thing, here's where why it's weird to me, because there was, this guy, this, it happened to, he went to the paper, uh, well, he went to the Telegraph's office, and they called the, the, the Mounties out there. Um, the newspaper printed it. There were other fur trappers and other hunters of the area that corroborated the guy's story, that this was a village that people stopped at to, you know, in between their, their, um, their travels. And the RCMP, the, the weird thing is that they're saying is that the story um, that this guy is saying is is incorrect. They're not they're, they're they're basically saying it didn't exist. They're saying the newspaper report didn't exist. Oh, you so mean the one that was it? in the B? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So what is it that they're trying to like? What's the problem? What, was there something that they found out there that, you know, pointed to 
paranormal, paranormal or extraterrestrial, or did they did they mess up some sort of part of the investigation that they're embarrassed about? They don't want, you know what I mean? Well, it's always been my belief. Now I know people really get deep down in these conspiracy theories, and most of them for you know for me honestly are just too ridiculous to believe. But uh, you know it's it's obvious that any of your governments, I don't care if it's American or Canadian or or Russian or whatever, if they feel they need to not tell the public about something, they're going to not tell the public about it. And they are going to, you know, try to throw out things that are going to swerve people one way or the other. Because that's just what you would do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I totally, this is what I honestly think. I believe that there probably was, you know, a village out there. Because, I mean, how, it's, you know, it's the Eskimos. They're all out through that area. I mean, you know, it's believable to me. They would know how to survive mm-hmm. out there. Uh, especially if they lived in the area long enough, yeah. you kind of adapt to it and all that stuff. But, you know, so I think it's very possible for sure. But yeah. I also don't want, like, I think some people will just jump to any conclusion, when, it, especially because we don't want to believe the man. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the man's telling me that what I'm saying is wrong. So right. you want to be like, well, I'm right and you're completely wrong. Right. So my thought is maybe it's kind of a mixture of both. I bet there was a village out there and I bet it did just kind of disappear. But, you know, since it was way out there and they only, I bet they only have visitors. They're not saying they have visitors all the time either. No, no. It was only during certain seasons and it was only when those trappers and fishermen were traveling through, basically. Otherwise, this was a self-sufficient village. Yeah. So there was plenty of time for this disappearance to happen is what I'm saying between one visit and then this guy's visit. Well, here's the thing. When you, there is, if if you're planning on moving You'd be breaking down. And even if you didn't break down your old settlements, you leave the teepees up. Um, you wouldn't leave pots cooking still. You wouldn't leave all your weapons behind, your whole entire cache of, of you know, food that's going to keep you alive if you're all going to leave and move somewhere else. Um, and then where is that other place? Like, isn't there another village that pops up? They're like, hey, this village wasn't here before. You guys must be, you know, from the Anjikuni. Well, I mean, we're... When I get to my story, it's going to be very similar to this. There's going to be a lot of similarities between the two. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, the, but it's just, man, I bet there was a village there and I bet they did disappear. Like I would put money on it. Uh huh. You know, it's so vast up there. There's so much land up there in Canada, especially up North Canada. There's no way, especially when was this in the thirties? They said yeah. this happened. 1930s. There's no, yeah. There's no way that they covered the whole area up there and saw every single village. I bet there's villages up there that they never even knew about. That's true. That could be it as well. I think one of the things that really um, a lot of debunkers went to was because of the main uh, article. Uh, The RCMP tried to say that that didn't exist. And one of the things was when the the article was written, uh, one of the, there was a picture that was printed with it um, to represent the village itself. And it wasn't the village. It was actually, a a, a, a picture that had been taken in 1909 of an, of an old, like Indian encampment, but it had been used to represent because they hadn't had, they didn't have a picture and there was no such thing as like stock footage, uh, uh or, you know, internet AP stock yeah. footage that they could get to. So they would use that. So people would point to it and say, look, it's obviously a fake story. They're, they're trying to pass off this 1909 picture as being the thing. Um, so a lot of that, like, hurt hurt this the credibility of this guy's story um it just there was 
it wasn't just the one guy though. I I found I can't see. I'm trying to pull it up again, and I I don't remember where it was. But in the Danville B, um, the November 27th, 1930 uh, edition, there's actually the article about it. it. Says that there's more than one trapper um, that has talked about this village and says this village has existed. It wasn't just one guy who said it. It happened, and then they disappeared. You know, the guy yeah. at the telegraph station would have been like, "What are you talking about? There's no village there." You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, you know, with there's so many parties involved, somebody would have came out and said something, you would think, at least. But, you know, it's pro- it was probably in the Mountie's best interest. You know, it's up there. It's all it's in an area that's kind of isolated and it's really cold. And I would assume that the terrain and the area is really dangerous for a somebody who's not used to that kind of thing or is an expert and that stuff to just go and visit and look at and check. I mean, you could die out there. Yeah. So it's in their best interest to say that's not even real. Don't even worry about going up there because, in a way, at the very least, they're saving people's lives—just dumb people's lives. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, it was one of those things that uh, when it did come to light again in the fifties, people jumped on, and it was, um, you know, it was a favorite of, of those mystery type of of stories. Well, it's, it's just like you know, we talked about the Amityville House, right? Yeah, like that's one of our episodes. You know, even if. You know, people would go to that house, you know, just people who had nothing to do with the place, who just thought they wanted to see if it was as scary as they said it was. So they would just go to the house. It would be the same thing with this. Would you not want to go and check out the area in which this village was supposedly oh, of at? Of course. Of course. Yeah. Camp it's there. curiosity, man. You'd want to camp there. I'd want to throw camp down and, and spend the weekend. Yeah. See if we see lights in the sky. Yeah, I need a big coat, but let's do it. <laughs> but that's the thing, too. Like I said, you know, it, it became one of those things where people started to really speculate what could it have happened. They're, they attribute it to there's You'd be surprised some of the crazy things. That, alien abduction is one of them. Um, I assume that was going to be one. <laughs> yeah, they pointed they pointed to the, 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 the name of this this family, the Lawrence. That was the name of the family, Lawrence. Uh, when the RCMP were staying with them, the Lawrence were talking about the lights and all these things they saw in the sky. Uh, and again, you can't really prove that, but it's one of the stories that was attached itself to this. And so now there's, there's always that alien abduction, uh, thing. Um, but it always seems whenever there's a strange disappearance of more than one person, uh, that's always going to be one of the things that people are going to say. And then it always almost seems to be someone saying that near that time, maybe like a day before they saw strange lights in the area. It, it seems to happen a lot. Yeah, exactly. Um, this other thing, here's this. LaBelle himself uh, told reporters that he thinks that the people had been, are, were missing because they came across an, an Eskimo evil spirit called the, the I can't pronounce this. I'm going to say it wrong. It's Torngasak. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so basically, this thing is, according to Inuit legend, this thing is a powerful sky deity uh, who's the leader of a legion of malevolent spirits. And, um, it's in, it's invisible to everyone except Inuit shamans, uh, and they do these like these incantations. They recite these things and make animal sacrifices to keep these this like evil spirit at bay. And the, it, this guy, this Labelle guy, says that he thinks they didn't do it enough, and this thing came and took them all out. Yeah, and yeah. Then, and then the uh, the last the last um, reference to this actually was made in in more modern popular times. And so basically they're trying to attach this as well. But, uh, you ever see 30 days of night? Oh no, you don't watch horror. I, d- I have seen that one though. Oh, you have. Yes. Yeah. Cause it was based on the comic book. There you go. Vampires. Yep. Vampires took him out. 
So I see, see, somewhere I do know. <laughs> but that was one of the other ideas is that maybe uh, if vampires were real, because this was a town that was bathed in darkness for so many times out of the year, uh, it's possibility that these winged creatures of the night uh, feasted on, on, on the people of this town. Yeah, I mean, whenever anything is just completely unexplained, you're going to get all kinds of theories. I mean, even the, and you know, and really, even though I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but if somebody told me, I need you to prove me that that didn't happen, what am I going to do? Exactly. If you can't prove it didn't happen, then it could yeah. have happened. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's one of those things. It, it was a, it was this idea that there was this group of people, a mass group of people, um, all going at, disappearing at once, not just one or two people at a time and not just the people, the, their dogs and, uh, the dead people, the bodies in the ground gone. Yeah. That's the stranger part to me. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the part that I would be like, huh, you know, it's why did, why did that happen? <laughs> I mean, they leave all their food and their guns behind, but let's let's take great great grandma with them. <laughs> you know? That's crazy, right? Yeah. Um, who knows? I mean, what... But also, to be fair, we don't know their beliefs either. True. Like, I, I don't know how. Obviously, well, most Native Americans or Native Inuits are, you know, I would assume are very spiritual. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, they could have, you know, different things. Who knows? Maybe that was something that they felt they needed to do to please a spirit or whatever or maybe they yeah, so when they you mean when they move they bring the dead people with them yeah or something like that i don't know interesting did that it's, it's kind of like you know in our time now no matter what your religious belief is when you die or you know you're going to die or whatever i hear i've heard almost everybody say hey i want to be buried in such and such place or with this or yeah yeah or i want my ashes spread across so and so yeah yeah so it's kind of similar to that to me. Like maybe it's just something that they believe. It could have been. It could have yeah. been. Now, um, in in your story, did you have empty graves? Well, funny you should ask. <laughs> now, Chris, I want you to join me on this journey. Are we going back in time? We're going way back oh, in time. My favorite part before of time. America was officially birthed. Okay, we're going back to the 1500s. There's no cars. There's no internet. You know, if you, me and you would be knocking on death's door in our thirties. <laughs> <laughs> what's the, what's the average lifespan? 20 something. I actually don't even know. I just always assumed it was really young. Yeah. Right. Uh, anyway, so Sir Walter Raleigh, an English, one of the, you know, the big English wigs back then and who the capital of my state was named after, obviously, uh, he decides that they really need to start, you know, they America, they know America's over there. They need to start putting some settlements over there because back then that's what all your big European countries were doing. They were going out. The Spaniards had a bunch of yeah. different places that they found, you know, the French did, you know, they all did. Cause that was a, that was honestly a sign of your power too. The more places it's like the more land you own, you know, the more powerful you were sort of thing right and let the kids know kids at home know that this is before the pilgrims and plymouth rock this is before uh, yes, jamestown yes. this so here so i'm going to set you up before we even get to the lost colony which is what we're going to talk about uh you know this is the 1500s mm -hmm. before the lost colony that colony was even 
established. They had two other attempts before that around the same area. The first time was more of just a, a mapping the land and getting an idea of what all they would be in store for. Mm-hmm. So they didn't stay. They were just there to sort of uh, mark the territory, I guess, in a way. So they left and went back to England. And then the second one was an official attempt. And But when they got there, they ran out of materials and supplies, and they claimed they kept getting attacked by the natives there, the Native Americans there. So the area yeah. that we're talking about, now I don't know if you know how North Carolina looks. That's my home state. I love this state. But, mm-hmm. you know, we have mountains, which is where I'm closer to. Then you have like an area in between. And then we have beaches. And we have uh, the Outer Banks, which is still land, but it's kind of little islands off our coast, sort yeah. of. Okay, this is the, that's the area I'm talking about. That's where all this happens. Out on the Outer Banks? It's, it's the Outer Banks and the coast. It's kind of in that both area there. Yeah, that's because... That's where land is. That's where the graveyard of the Atlantic is, and I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point on this show. Yeah, because but, I guess you're saying anything more inland is way too wild for any kind of... Yeah, uh, they don't know European. what's out there. They have no idea. They've went... I mean, I'll get to this, too. They've actually went in a little bit inland, but they didn't go, like, they didn't go no 100 miles or anything like that. They right. didn't go far at all. Right. So this, the second attempt, which is the first official attempt to actually settle there, failed miserably. They pretty much put their tail between their legs and ran off and went back to England. But in July of 1587, this is 30 years. This is like over 30 years before the Pilgrims landed. This is 17 years before Jamestown, which is your, your two big settlements that everybody knows about. Mm-hmm. Uh, 117 people landed on Roanoke Island. And when I say people, it was families. It wasn't just all men. It was uh, women and children. Uh, one of them was even pregnant, which we're going to get to because it's right. a, actually an important birth. Uh, and, you know, among them was this man named John White. And he became the governor. That's who Sir Walter Raleigh uh, appointed governor of this area. And it became the first official uh, permanent settlement in the Americas. Is what the Lost Colony was. Was he a good governor or was he like the governor in Walking Dead? like was he a tyrant or was he like did people look up to him they they trusted him and and they knew this guy was going to be able to to help them in this new world i think it was more they looked up to him like he knew what he was talking about they kind of listened to him um that sort of thing i don't think he was sending zombies out to kill them i I could be wrong i wasn't alive back then (laughs) (laughs) so he was appointed governor and what's even really kind of cool is that his his daughter gave birth to the first English child ever born in America. Obviously, the name was Virginia Dare, which is a, if you study history at all, that's yeah. a pretty big name in history. So that was, that. hold on a second, that was in Roanoke, Virginia Dare? Yes. I yes. did not know that, actually. That's awesome. Yep. It's all in the same thing. So that's what's going to make this actually even more tragic. <laughs> okay. Now, in this area, you're going to have all kinds, there's different native tribes there. Um, some are really nice and some are not. I mean, it's just like it is pretty much any kind of group of people. Mm-hmm. So some are more likely to kill you and some are like, Hey, we'll, you know, we'll trade stuff with you or we'll, you know, we'll feed you or whatever, you know? And they weren't really sure of which is which back then. You weren't really sure. You don't know. But there came a time while they were there that they started to run low on supplies and they needed somebody to go back to England to get to get their supplies. Now, when I say go back to England, you can't just hop on a plane in the 1500s and get there and back in a week. <laughs> you know, it does not happen that way. You got to go across the ocean, which in itself takes you know like a month. Right. So, but his plan was he wasn't going to be gone more than like three months. That was his original plan. He was going to get there, get the supplies, and get back. 
So he leaves on his ship. He gets to England, and his timing was horrible. <laughs> he gets to England, and there just happens to be a naval war going on between the English and the Spanish. They're fighting over, you know, I don't know, tacos or something. Who knows? I'm just saying it because I'm hungry and I want a taco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Queen Elizabeth I declared that any able ship, you know, was going to have to go to war with them for them. And fight the Spanish. Meaning his ship. Meaning his ship. So he couldn't go back. Uh-huh. He was stuck in England for three years. Wait, hold on. This So this colony, when he left, how long were they expecting him to be gone for? Less than a year. Less than a year. Now, before they settled that colony, uh, it had been 30 years since that they had tried before that. Right, yeah. All right. So we're talking 30, 30 years now. Okay. All right. So they've been there for, for how long they said it's, I feel like they hadn't really in a, in a timeline sort of thing. They hadn't been there very long. The settlement hadn't really been there super long, uh-huh. but you know, it's a new settlement. None of it, not all these people were experts in how to build. I mean, like I said, it was just families of all kinds of different people. You know, they didn't go there. Like not everybody had guns and stuff. Not everybody was there to start wars and all that sort of stuff and conquer. That wasn't their goal. Their goal was to settle there. So he's stuck in England for three years. You know, you got to remember, like, back home, he's got his wife, he's got his daughter, he's got his granddaughter who was just really born. Right. You know, obviously, he wants to get back there just for them even, not let alone everybody else who's and, running low on supplies. And if ships are being used for war, no one's bringing letters back to say, this is what's going on. Yeah. You hear nothing from either side. They don't hear from each other at all. There's just no way they're going to get you know, any of that stuff. It's just going to be... Just quiet. <laughs> yeah, so the people sitting at, yeah, I mean, think about it. People sitting at the colony, uh, a couple months goes by, three, four, five, the first year goes by, and you have to just give up and think, all right, the ship must have gone down. Something must have happened. Oh, yeah. You're going to think all kinds of things. And let's just say the ship had gone all, gone down. They would have never known. Yeah, exactly. They would have never known. Neither, neither side would know. England would have known. The colony wouldn't have known. And he could have got to England and got put in this war and his ship be sunk in the war. They would have never known. They would have not. It's just, there's no way. There wasn't. You could, he could have sent a quick email like, you know, uh, uh, Dear Colony. Dear Virginia Dare. Yeah. I write to you, my dearest granddaughter. <laughs> now, was, you know, he, so, was he like, was he petitioning the, the queen? Was a king or queen at the time? Queen, 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 right? Was he was he petitioning to say, "Listen, we need to go back," or I need to, I, or what was he just basically? Okay, they're using my ship, and he carried on with his life in England. He he did make many attempts to request uh, just a special uh, a leeway to be able to go back with all the stuff, but it kept getting denied because they said they needed him there. Oh. Uh, from what I've heard, from what I've read, like he and Sir Walter Raleigh were were kind of close. Or at the very least, they respected each other. Uh, Sir Walter Raleigh actually was a really rich man in England at the time. He owned all kinds of lands, a huge, you know, houses and castles or whatever. And that's actually where John White ended up dying years later. Was in one on his pro- Sir Walter Raleigh's property in a castle somewhere. Uh, so they were, you know, they were friends. I would think so. You know, he was kind of stuck there. I mean, what's he going to do? He's he can either leave all his friends that he knew there in England who were at war, you know, or he could go home or whatever you want to call the settlement to his other family and his other friends that are there. So he's kind of a danged if you do, danged if you don't sort of yeah. idea there. Jeez. Yeah, it's a terrible place to be in. It's it's like, you know, 
I only have $50, right? <laughs> and there's this one, you know, video game that I really want, but there's also this other video game that I really want, but they both cost $50 each. I can only get one of them. Mm-hmm. So what am I going to do? That's right. I'm putting this in terms of a video game. So, <laughs> Which is easy. Well, like you pay yeah. 50 for one and you put the other one in your back pocket. You can't really, you can't make that that uh that split decision. You can't you know compromise that in in this other term now. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so let's fast forward three years. He oh. finally, finally is able to get back. Now, did he? I wonder if he like shade. You know, he grew a beard over that three years, and then he's ready to go. He's like, I've got him. You know, they're not going to recognize me. He's cleaning himself up, taking off the beard, getting his hair cut. Yeah. You know. <laughs> He's on the, he's about a day away from making landfall. He's got his barber on the ship, you know, cleaning him up so he could see his wife and his kids. And well, you he, know, he's going to be excited. And he's, gonna, and he's thinking to himself, like, these people are going to look at me like I'm an angel stepping Yeah, he's bringing boat. back all this stuff that they need. You know, he's been gone forever, a lot longer than he obviously expected to. So it's like any kind of homecoming, you know, you expect big things when you, let's, you know, it's like when you leave your parents, right? And when you grow up, you left your parents' house. Then you come back for Thanksgiving or whatever. You kind of expect they're going to be happy to see me. Exactly. You know what I mean? They're going to make a big deal that I showed up. Oh, they're going to be so excited to see me. Yeah, and you're excited to see them for most, uh, depending on how your relationship is with your parents. Hey, can you imagine the small talk between him and his barber as they're yeah. they're on the ship and this is going on? So oh, you looking forward to seeing your wife? Oh, they're going to go nuts. They're going to love it. They're going to see yeah. all these toys I'm bringing back for the kids. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, he's he's got to be on top of the world. Ugh. He's finally getting to do this. I mean, it's been three years in the waiting of being able to see. You know, it's probably, you know, it's like when uh, you're a kid and you're traveling to Disney World, that car ride is the longest car ride that there ever was. Right. So I'm sure that ship ride was the longest ship ride. I'm sure they call them ship rides, too. I'm using a technical <laughs> term. I've, uh, I was starting to think of the other end of it. What if, like, he's all, like... He's all pissed and like anxious because this whole time he's been thinking of his wife and like, you know, what, what if his wife <laughs> chief, was like a chief was like a nagging feathers. wife and he didn't even want to go back? <laughs> or what if like it wasn't like he was he's like he's like I know her and her and Chief Fourfeathers are they were looking at each other a different way when I left. I or she, nothing or happened. You know, she's like as soon as I get back, she's just gonna be like, "What took you so long?" <laughs> you know? Well, did you pick up the milk at least? Yeah. Where's the bread? <laughs> that sort of thing. So he so, wasn't looking forward to it at all. So three years there, he's finally pulling up. He's like, "All right, you know, I'm pulling in the driveway here with the ship." <laughs> <laughs> so he gets there three years later, and he's lucky enough to find nothing. There is no one. There's not a trace of a single person there. You think for a second he thought they were gonna they were doing like a surprise party and everyone was hiding, getting ready to jump out. Surprise! Yeah. Like he's you know, like, he come on out, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, you got me this time. <laughs> so it's a ghost town. He gets there, there's no one there. Yeah. There's no one there. Uh there's no trace. There's very few clues. Uh, the famous clues that everybody probably knows about is the Croatoan. The word Croatoan, yeah. C-R-O-A-T-O-A-N, was carved into like a wooden post. Of, from what I read, it was kind of near the fort that right. they had built there. Right. And also in a tree, the, the letter C-R-O was carved into a tree. Like they were writing out the same word? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and before he could really, really look you know, for more details, apparently a huge storm like a hurricane, which... 
that area is known to get many hurricanes hit. So he couldn't. Oh, really? Yeah. This dude was nothing but terrible timing. He gets to England <laughs> and there's a war. He gets back and he wants to look for his people and there's a hurricane. <laughs> so, he's like, can't he's like, I just catch a break, God? Yeah, he's Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man 3. He's sulking like Charlie yeah. Brown head down. Yeah. He's just uh, one like alien symbiote away from dancing. To- that's insane, <laughs> man. Wow. So a, a hurricane hits. Right. Yeah. Now, there's all kinds of possibilities, you know, like you were saying, like with yours. Now, I haven't heard the alien thing from anyone, but I'm sure somebody has said the aliens did it. There's that crazy haired guy on the History Channel. You know ancient aliens had something. Oh, man. I try to watch that show just from a, because it's entertaining. (laughs) But if I hear the word some ancient alien theorist uh, one more time, I'm going to scream. Did you see the South Park episode with History Channel? Yes. Oh, so priceless so this so these no one's so no one's pointed to the aliens at roanoke well if they have it's not one that anybody puts any sort of stock in (laughs) oh man the the biggest thing was the the only you know the big clue was the word croatoan uh-huh which is actually the name of an island south of roanoke and it was kind of more towards where cape hatteras is now you know that famous lighthouse Uh uh-huh it wasn't that a wasn't it an indian tribe a tribe or right yeah that's what i was going to get to and the indian tribe that named there had the same name they were the croatoans so many think that maybe perhaps that they killed killed all those people or maybe they abducted them or also quite possibly maybe these people knew they were out of supplies and, you know, the Croatoans took them in. They kind of became part of the tribe, too. That was another theory that a lot of people had. Hmm. The one that I thought was kind of interesting, which, you know, that one I just told you is the one I'm kind of leaning towards, but I, I don't know. I think it's something like that, personally. Mm-hmm. The, uh, Indian, the Indian integration? Yeah, it's, it's a, it makes more sense to me. But didn't wouldn't they have, you know, gone to the tribe and, you know, hey, what happened to all our friends and family? Oh, hey, there you are, Marge. Good to see you. You know, like, wouldn't that have happened? Well, you got to realize then back then too. I mean, it just took years to do stuff. Oh, so I, guess, I mean, yeah. the timing's all different, and you know, just because you want to ask a question, you can't just like call up, you know, chief. You know, I, I this be really insensitive. <laughs> so I'm not going to say anything else. <laughs> call up the chief of the of the Native Americans there, Chief Four Feathers. Thank you. Yeah, and no uh, <laughs> you know, go hey, you know, have you seen my granddaughter? <laughs> kind of thing. It's just it, it could have also been, because- and you got language barriers and stuff. It could have, could you imagine if it was this thing of like the shock that an entire colony had disappeared? And so the historians wrote it. They wrote this down and was like, today, this is what we found. And like, I, years I've later, actually been to this place. I've been here. And then like years later, they did come across the family at the Indians and they're like, meh, no big deal. You want me to write this down? Nah, you know what? Don't even worry about it. Who cares? If you ever get a chance to go there, it's, it's crazy interesting. I, I had a blast there, but I love history. You mean the area that the colony existed in? Oh yeah, yeah. Really, you can it's actually a- you can actually go there. It's it's crazy fascinating. Oh, um, awesome! I'll have to definitely check it out. I love yeah, another stuff. theory is I think that maybe since you know it took him three years before he was able to get back, that they got really desperate, that they maybe tried to sell themselves to England, and then they had it was a big wrecker, but they never made it. They sunk. Oh wow! Which if that happened, you wouldn't you wouldn't find anything. No, not anymore. Yeah. Uh, and another theory was that, you know, in Florida is where, like, he had a, a what's that place? Augustine? St. Augustine? Oh, whatever, yeah, where St. The, Augustine. Yeah, where the Spaniards had actually landed and had a, they had a colony down there themselves. 
But maybe they actually came up, and you know, they were at war with each other. They didn't like each other. Maybe they came up and actually killed everybody there. Oh, that's a possibility. But wouldn't would you have removed all the bodies and all the you know? Or would you see, you that's just... why I don't think it's that one. You would have found something. You would have found yeah, but or like even like a some sort of piece of a weapon or something laying around blood even even blood splatter on on the side of you know the huts or whatever they had buildings or, or cabins or yeah you would have found something yeah huh. but i have some exciting news though what's Chris. that there is a new update to this story get out of here a recent one i'm talking like this year wow really 2015 yes, See, yes. Now, now i am excited this is crazy i haven't heard this at all okay Apparently, back then, uh, there's a really famous map of the colony that, uh, that, uh, hold on, I'm trying to find my notes here. Yeah, I'm, no lost my notes. I'm getting excited about this. <laughs> well, that's cool. 2015, okay. and we're still finding out information from the 1800s, 1500s. There's a, well, you know, we got new ways to like look things up and to really research things now. We got new technology that allows us to do more things than ever before. Yeah, like Wikipedia. which is where we get all our information (laughs) i hope people know that was sarcasm definitely (laughs) Uh, apparently uh, not only was he the governor but john white also was actually really good at making maps Mm -hmm. so there's a famous map that he made of that coastal area there and Mm -hmm. you can actually find it i'll actually put it up on our facebook group at some point and it's a really nice map but the the original map is in england but they had it examined like last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they took like an X-ray machine. You know, they were you got to be really careful of this stuff because it's you know it's hundreds of years old. That thing's got to be brittle. Yeah, right. And they found out there's just some small patches on the map, and those patches were where he would cover something up. Like that's it's the same as if you know you're writing an ink pen mm-hmm. and you miswrite something and you got a white out. It's oh, the same okay. thing as that. It's like a white out. But it's a patch. They don't have, you know, they just he puts another patch on there. Uh-huh. And, they, and behind this, one of these patches, they found a really small red and blue symbol, almost like an X. Oh, are you talking about like treasure? So, you know, think of that, think of that that way, sort of. But what they're thinking is, because it's on an area inland, about 50 miles inland mm-hmm. in North Carolina there, they're thinking that maybe that before he had left, oh. they had told him that if something happens to them, they need to leave the area. They were going to go here. Now, this was just discovered this year. The, the That thing was discovered last year. Last year. Now. This year, you know, we're going to fast forward to oh. the great 2015. Obviously, you're going to want to go and find the Area X, right? And see what you can find. That was my next question, dude. I was like, okay, so what they do now that they found this out? They go to Area X, which, like I said, is about 50 miles inland. And they started digging. Archaeologists were digging. And they found pieces of pottery. <gasps> they found like a thing that they would use for a food storage jar. <gasps> they even found early gun flintlocks. <gasps> and, you know, like you, you'd have these metal hooks that you would uh, hang like uh, animals, uh, hides and stuff from. You know, they kind of stretch them out or uh-huh. whatever. Like to make clothes and shelter and that sort of thing. They found those. So they found all the stuff. And they said that. Uh, they could date it back to, you know, before any other settlers were there. So they're thinking that they might be on to something there. They have not came out and said that this is for sure it, but they're saying it's looking really promising that they've discovered, you know, they're one step closer to finding out what exactly happened to these these poor colonists. Wow. Yeah. It's- I was blown away when I was researching this, because this is one of my favorite stories. This is a story that 
you know, when I was in history class, that made me really start loving this these mysterious oh, things. Me too. Me too. Because the first one I ever read, and I was like blown away by this thing. Yeah, I don't know if so, it was the first I read, but I remember this story being extremely influential in in my love for this kind of stuff. Oh yeah, it definitely was. I mean, it definitely got me on the track for sure. And uh, you know, it's just crazy exciting to me to see that there's new developments in this, and it's. This is from the fifty. This is from fifteen eighty seven, and we're still discovering stuff about this. Yeah, as I was going to say, I just looked. I just looked this up here, and it says that uh, they found this that mark you said, presumed to represent a fort, uh, visible in the map when viewed on a light box. Scholars speculate that the colonists relocated to the location on which is now called Salmon Creek in Birdle, uh, Birdie County community of Mar- Mary Hill. Apparently, this is the funny thing. Scotch Hall Preserve Golf Course community was planned on the site, but now they're like, eh, we got to dig. <laughs> this could be the lost civilization. Sorry, guy. And this, this one dude that's been like paying fees and was like, I can't wait to play that course next year. When it opens. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> he like, gets what the if you flyer. really love golf, but you also know that this is like a one of the biggest historical things that we could find? This is This is one of the biggest mysteries. Just let's just say American. This is one of the biggest American mysteries of all time. He's like, can't we just build around it? And like, yeah. all the dig sites are the sand traps. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, dude. That is really cool. That is so cool that it's where I mean, we're still finding that out. I can't like. So that are they? They think for sure this is it. Are they still checking and testing or like? They're still doing tests and stuff, oh. from what I've understood. They're, they have not came out and said that they are 100% certain that this is what this is. But they have said it's looking very promising. Like, it's just all the stuff's dating right. Uh, you know, it's all looking like this could be the case. But, you know, as in with anything, it's kind of hard to completely say 100% that this is what happened. Especially from, you know, this is from the 1500s. Yeah. So. Yeah, but imagine if they can pull it off, if there's something that has inscriptions or writings or something that they find in that dig that says, yeah, that was the Roanoke colony, that there's an answer to one of the biggest mysteries, you know? And I think if if that comes up in the future, like if in five or six months that comes up, we should have on, on our pod, like a podcast, one of the shows be like an update type of a thing. And hey, an update yep. on this, this is what was found. That'd be kind of cool. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, like I remember when I was first gotten to this mystery, that Croatoan being carved into a, a post and known to a tree mm-hmm. was the most fascinating thing to me. Like, why would they do that? And right. And wasn't it when we were younger? I don't think we knew of the Croatoan tribe, right? I don't remember them till much later when I really, really was able to study things. Very, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look into that. But I wonder if it was only more of a like not more recent uh, within years, but like later on after we were already introduced to this story that uh, they had you know discovered that this tribe had existed with that name. I'm gonna look into that and find out. That's interesting. Well, I know they, I know they confirmed that that tribe existed, but I think that's kind of a recent thing, like you were saying. Yeah. But you know, they did find the Croatoan in the 1580s, so. Oh, I mean okay. that was that was from back then, but like oh, okay. you said, I mean this is just man, it was exciting doing this research. <laughs> Did you hear about the dare stones? Do you know about that? Vaguely, the, I guess it was a, a bunch of stones that um, Virginia Dare's mother ended up, ha- I guess, wrote like basically a traveling log on uh, that told of their stories and basically the ultimate deaths of a lot of the colonists. Um, <clears throat> Though, like a lot of people believe, a lot of historians think they're fake. I guess there's people that really think they're real. Um, I'd like to just look those up too and see what they say. It'd yeah, be interesting. Yeah. I mean, you got to realize how big this was. This was the first permanent English settlement 
so it was big not only to us but to England as well. You know, the first you know English person was born there. I mean, just that in itself. Even if they never disappeared, the fact that that happened would make this yeah. group historic. That's pretty but, sweet. But the fact that she will later go on, nobody really knows what happened to her. Yeah, because she disappeared. That's a crazy. That's just a crazy thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I think like you, many people don't realize it's the same group. Like you probably uh-huh. heard. I guarantee, and you know, when you're zoning out, when you're like, you know, in fifth grade, listening mm-hmm. to North Carolina history. <laughs> that's what it was here anyway it's well i was great. in florida so I, I got a lot of southern history so we got a lot of the history from the southern states yeah you know you're going to kind of tone that part out a little bit because it kind of bores you but i was a weird kid and loved that stuff so. yeah no i never i mean the name virginia dare you know that's uh, oh yeah it, it sparks that record like oh i know that name what do i know that from and it's crazy it's it's this girl that was born in a colony that disappeared well, if you ever notice, like before you even find out about the lost colony, you never ever heard about what happened to Virginia Dare, and the reason you didn't is because they don't know. <laughs> <laughs> She's just gone. There, there's a, a record of her being bored. That really happened, but after that, eh. <laughs> now I wonder. Do you, they, they say it was a record? Was it a record that was sent back to England? You know, to keep track of all the colonists and who was where. I believe so. It, and from it, what it, I understood, like she was, it was his granddaughter was. I mean, it was his daughter. She was actually already pregnant as they were going over there, too. Yeah, so I'm wondering if, if White brought that information back with him to England. And that's yeah, that's what I would assume, yeah. There's the historical information on that. Uh, it's crazy, man. I don't know. If you want to believe the integration with the Indians, if you want to believe that they went to a different settlement uh, previously determined on their map, um, or like the Anjakuni, if you want to believe that aliens or vampires wiped them out, <laughs> mass disappearances are crazy man it's like all, and not just like mass just overall just disappearances when i was looking through this stuff because i was like I, I wanted to bring something different originally i was going to bring the mary celeste and a lot of people know that story of the ghost ship uh which kind of mirrors the anjakuni except on water where on this ship things were just left as is like meals in the middle of having been eaten all these things just gone you know no sign yeah. of struggle nothing like that just completely you know disappeared um, but going through it, I found some really crazy stories. Like, I don't know about you, uh, but I figured these would be like honorable mentions. I found this little spot that I wanted to read to you and let's see if you'd heard about this. Okay. Um, let's see. There's here. It says historical records are chock full of stories of people who just mysteriously disappeared. Uh, take the strange case of Orion Williamson, a farmer from Selma, Alabama, who was said to have vanished into thin air in front of his wife, son, and two neighbors while strolling across his property in July of 1854. The entire community turned out to search for the farmer, but to no avail. The sons swore he heard the ghostly cries of his father emanating from the fields for weeks following his bizarre evaporation. So, like, this dude's walking across the field, and his wife and kid are watching him. Like, they're sta- with their bare eyes watching the father walk, and then not there. Huh. Yeah. No, not just the wife and son, the two neighbors, too. So it wasn't just, like... The wife killed him, talked the son into not saying something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the guy yeah. who just vanished in the midair. This is the other one that was the craziest thing. This one's so weird. You want to hear this one? Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. There's the astonishing case of the shoemaker uh, from War- Warwickshire, England, by the name of James Byrne Warson. Uh, Warson had a penchant for bragging about his long-distance running abilities uh, and they finally, you know, annoyed his drinking buddies. So they basically challenged him. They challenged him to run a 40-mile distance from Leamington to Coventry, these two towns. 
and he accepted the bet. And the three of them were off. They decided they were going to start running, right? Yeah. And they're running, they're running. It says that the incredibly fit Warson seemed to be enjoying himself, running at a solid pace and joking with his buddies until he tripped just 20 feet ahead of his friends. His friends watched in abject horror as their friend fell forward with an awful cry of terror, then vanished before their very eyes. Cool. <laughs> like he tripped forward and vanished. <laughs> wow. Right? You know, and these kind of disappearances still happen. Have you heard about the the uh, the rash amount, just amazing amount of disappearances that are happening in our national parks? No, really? Oh, they're happening like crazy. It's it's all kinds of different ways. It's different. You know, it's not just one group kind of group of people. Uh, it's been children have disappeared, people of all ages. Uh, it's in all national parks. And, like, you can't get the, from what I've understood, you can't get the the National Park Service to even, like, they don't even, they say they don't even keep a list of people who disappear, which I find ridiculous. But <laughs> Why, because it's too much or just because, like, oh, they, they just say they don't keep a list. That's what they'll say. Wow. But, I mean, and, and what's even more strange is they don't find all of them. Some of them they find much later, uh, you know, dead, but in a spot where they'd already looked before and they weren't there before. Um, and, and they'll find these people and they'll realize that their death, let's say the, this one, I can't remember names, but this one was gone for like three years. And they find her body three years later in an area they'd looked before when she first went missing. And according to the, you know, the ones who did the autopsy on her. She actually died like a week after her disappearance. So somehow she was alive from then, but nobody ever saw her. So they don't know what happened. She just shows up dead three years later. What? Uh, Yeah. Uh, Some they'll find like one kid went missing and this is in all our national parks, any of your national parks. Uh, One kid went missing and was found like 30 miles away somehow. And was fine. Everything was fine with the kid. They were found 30 miles away, but nothing was wrong with them. They hadn't been, they were just wandering a street or something. Okay, this and is the next episode. We have to do one on the va- <laughs> the National Park Vanishings. National it's, Park it's, Vanishings. It's amazing. It's Let's crazy do it. fascinating. I say we I'll do I'll it. I'll stop talking about it then. <laughs> uh, the only reason, because I, I typed in, I just put in National Park Disappearances, and there's a website, The Secret Vanishings in America's National Parks. There's uh, a guy, I have to look dude. it up, it might be on that website, who's... Who's a no nonsense guy, but he's but he's open minded. <clears throat> but he like he just looks into it and gives you facts. He won't sit there and say that this happened or this happened. He'll right. just tell you what's what the facts are that they know. I am looking at a map that has these little stickers, I guess, of all the disappearances in all the national parks all across our country, and it is scary to look. It looks like what you would see on like a psycho's wall in in those movies, you know, with the yeah. the, the yarn. You know, string tying, you know, Maine to California and back in this. And that. That's what it looks like. This is so, so many disappearances spots. are happening now. Don't just think it was just in the 1500s. Oh, yeah. No. I mean, they, there were stories of this where, you know, you know, you're always in a group. Let's say you go hiking with a group of friends and, you know, there's always a person who's lagging behind or mm-hmm. slower than the others, which, which would be me if I was the one hiking. <laughs> and that's why I don't, I'm going to not go hiking anymore because that's who always, they'll, they'll, they'll be walking and all of a sudden they'll turn around and go, hey, Johnny, where? And then Johnny's gone. And they, they can't find him anywhere. There's no trace of him. Aliens got him. Yeah. 
Well, that's one of the theories, but we can talk about that if we do that. Yeah, episode. I think this will be a good. This is because this looks insane, and like you said, this is still going on. So this might be a cool uh, subject matter to come back to. Not next one. We already did disappearances, but like we'll definitely come back to the national parks disappearances. That's freaky. All right. Well, I think we need to start plugging some stuff, my friend. Uh, yeah, sure. Let's. Uh, we're wrapping up the show here, so um, it was a good one. I enjoyed the dis- mass disappearances. Uh, if you're a fan of podcasts in general, all kinds, uh, Johnny does some himself. I do some myself. We do some together. The first one I do uh, with a couple other guys, Brandon and Anthony, it's called Back Issues Comic Book Podcast, uh, in which we tackle basically anything having to do with comic books, movies, TV shows, geek culture. Uh, we do that one. Um, we do this one, obviously, History Creeps. You can find all of these on iTunes, also SupervilleComics.com. There you'll also find one that Johnny and Bobby Capobianco are into. Tell them all about it, Johnny. It's called Into Oblivion. It's definitely a much different fare than these. Uh, think of it as a a comedy uh, variety show in a way. I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, Hij- uh, hijinks know. abound. <laughs> yeah. Nothing but hijinks. It's 100% hijinks involved in that. Uh, we've got some great guests coming up too. So, I'm, And Chris has been a guest on there and I heard you guys and got also, Vin Diesel on the show. Vin Diesel's going to be on there very soon. We're super Tony excited Danza. about that one. We've it's, had a lot of people on that show. Oh, it's going to be crazy. And on top of that, we also have a brand new podcast, Chris. We do. This one is one that I look forward to recording, I got to tell you. Um, if you're a fan of Dungeons & Dragons or role-playing style games, we decided to take both of our podcasts and jam them together and play a version of dungeons and dragons and we call it dumb men and dragons yep you can get all these on itunes like you said and on stitcher and also on supervillecomics.com which is also really cool you can go there and buy a t-shirt yes Uh, of of dumb men and dragons superville all the proceeds go to help our network yeah yeah supervillecomics.com is turning into a a a network uh where you'll be able to go and if you're looking for all kinds of podcasts we're going to be putting all kinds of content out there uh and including uh merchandise so start with that t-shirt and you'll see more coming up as as we go along oh heck yeah you're in for a ride everybody most definitely don't go hiking alone in the woods no not at all can they find you on social media johnny um, no, I've, I've disappeared. You can't Sinus. find me anywhere. But if you were to look, if you're an archaeologist and you wanted to dig for me, here's the first place you should dig. You should go Golf course. to Instagram and Johnnyism28 on Instagram, and you can dig and find me there. And also, uh, this podcast, History Creeps, has a Facebook page. As always, go there, become, you know, like it. We're always putting stuff on there. Uh, we'll have more on this episode as it gets done. Uh, and. Also, I'm on Twitter. It's at Johnnyism, if I'm thinking right. And Chris, you too have stuff? I've got Instagram, cchavez13. Uh, the same on Twitter. You can find Back Issues Comic Book Podcast Facebook page on Facebook. Uh, I know Into Oblivion has a Facebook page as well. It does, it does. Into Oblivion Podcast. And we have many more coming. And as, as we get them up, you guys will hear about them. That's right. That's right. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you next week.